0: Welcome to SACPA. Uh, my name is Knut Peterson, and I'm the uh, moderator today. Uh, today we are talking about uh, cats and dogs, or animal bylaws. So uh, Rob Muir is here from the city, city councilor. And Dave Hanley is coming uh, to assist when, whenever Rob... Uh, Gets out of line. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little uh, housekeeping before we get started. Uh, if you can uh, put $11 in the basket uh, at each table and have a treasurer check and make sure that the amount is uh, correct, so when we come to pick it up, we can keep on trucking. Uh it's a fairly small crowd tonight, so we are today. So we uh, we will be able to uh, have lots of time for question and answer afterwards, which will probably be the best part of the session, and 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 it often is because that's where we flush out all the.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no pressure. No pressure. Um, I'd just like to thank the, our partners before we get started here. UofL is, uh, as always, is a good supporter of SACPA. Country Kitchen Catering is uh, providing lunches. Short TV, Channel 9, is broadcasting our sessions throughout the week at uh, 7 p.m., I believe. Yep. And CKXU Radio FM at the university is broadcasting our sessions are live, and uh, the Let's Be Tell, of course, is always here and reporting on things. Thanks, Melissa. Uh, and you can also listen to... Every, we record everything, so it can all be checked out on our website, SACPA.ca. So without further ado I'd like to invite Rob and Dave up here and give us uh, the spiel about cats and dogs and city of Lapids uh, thanks a
1: lot Knut and there, there's a bit of a, a disconnect and when Knut and I were talking about this I was out of town and and we're not actually going to focus on um, cats and dog bylaws today I just want for everyone that was I know I talked to a couple already that already gave me hell for that, but those two right there, I'm not pointing anyone out, but Brendan and Darlene. So we're going to actually focus on the work of 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 a unique uh, committee that we have with council i'm going to talk to you a bit about it dave's going to jump in and talk about anything um uh, that have to do with regulatory issues and then uh especially with the questions if you want to address questions about uh, cat and dog bylaw um, then please address those david's more of an expert on that than i am certainly i, I don't profess to be so we um we have a uh ad hoc oh, let's see is this working for me? There we go. We have an ad hoc committee for um, for City Council, and it started out as um, Mayor Spearman last year said um, that he wanted to start a, a committee looking at animal welfare issues um, because during the campaign he talked to a lot of people, and they, they asked him to look into some things. Um, I jumped in because I've had some you know, volunteer work with uh, with Humane Society. I have, I have two rescue cats and dogs, so... Um, I thought that would be a good fit for me, and, and I was getting some pressure at home to join that committee as well. Um, so we're, we're an advisory committee. So in the last year, uh, we were able to bring together a diverse group of of animal, um, animal rescue organizations, city council, and our regulatory services staff to actually form a, a really unique um, and cohesive group. And this is, this is the first time ever... Um, in the history of city council that we've been able to bring those kind of community staff and, and council members together to create an organization that uh, a, a working committee that actually is working together so so I'm the city council member on, on this committee we have five community members at large um, we have someone from the Humane Society, the Last Chance Cat Ranch Uh, Perfect endings Rescue, No-Kill Animal Association, um, and Windy City Canine. uh, The people from PAW decided that they just didn't kind of fit what their mandate was, so they decided uh, to not uh, stay with us. We have uh, Dwayne the Manager of Regulatory Services. Uh, Dave comes a lot. Dave's the Senior Bylaw uh, Officer for the city, as well as Sherry Merchant, who is a bylaw officer as well. Um, we also have uh, Steve from the animal shelter comes and attends our meetings and provides his expertise. So why, why do we do this is a, is a question I think people need to know. Well, City Council in there, um, to the surprise of all of us, actually gave uh, the mayor's committee the task of uh, three major things to oversee. Um, would which was a bit awkward because the mayor's committee had a one-year shelf life. And so as council gave money to our committee to do these three tasks that I'm going to describe, that, that committee was actually ending, which is why we came in and started this ad hoc committee of council versus continuing with the mayor's advisory committee. So that's kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts behind it. First thing is we want to oversee the, a, a pilot project uh, designed to, to determine the best practices to uh, eliminate uh, feral cat colonies. So in Lethbridge, there's a number of, uh, and, and some of you probably know this, there's a number of, of feral cat colonies in, in Lethbridge that, um, um, that that are causing problems in different neighborhoods. And and the fair and just way to deal with them is spain-euter program, return them back to the colony, and eventually um, they'll quit reproducing and the colony will go away. And um, we've received a lot of, obviously this is Lethbridge, and we've received a lot of, Comments about you know why don't you just go shoot them or throw them in the river and I'm um, in and, 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 and it's pretty obvious council's not going to um, condone that that kind of uh, um, approach to dealing with an animal issue um did you want to talk in, uh, anything about this at all Both. about the colonies or?
2: you know I think that uh, I think it, it's fair to note that the city of Lasbridge just does not have a program to manage feral cat colonies. Uh, Across North America, feral cats uh, comprise maybe 50 million, so the population is is estimated at 50 million feral cats throughout North America. And there are agencies that are really good at managing these outside of a municipality. And uh, in our community, we've been fortunate enough that there have been individuals and groups that have been successful in taking part in managing the colonies before the, the committee was even in place. And, and our role is to maybe see if we can support those that are already doing the work as well as creating a program of our own. Great.
1: So in the, in the past year, the, the, the group that we had together... Worked on some issues around how would we how would we address the feral cat issue in Lethbridge. and we came up with a, a whole a whole bunch of um, uh, mechanisms how we would do it and and what City Council would need to do moving forward to keep addressing this issue, um, and, and we'll answer some of those questions about that later. The second thing that we had to do as a committee was, and and Council again surprise. Um, gave us uh, additional dollars to oversee a domestic spay and neuter program for um, mostly targeted at low-income um, families and individuals that couldn't afford to spay and neuter their pets. Um, the importance of that is that um, the, ma- the majority of animals that, that we see that are turned out on the street, that are um, left at the side of the road, are ones that um, are unwanted. And, and we need to get into a mindset that pets... Pets aren't something that are disposable property. Um, pets aren't a product. Pets are a living being. And it's not that I'm... Um, and I, I'm actually uh, very, very, very vocal about this, and, and it's something that we need to, to continue to keep at the front of our minds. The, the domestic spay neuter program, these aren't the, necessarily the ones that people will pick up on the street or in the field, or finding their backyard, these are people that have animals that where they've got them from friends, or they've picked them up off the online, or they've got an ad and they answered it. But they bring them home and they realize that oh my goodness, these animals haven't been fixed, so to speak. Um, this program allows uh, people to to call NOCA and say, you know, can you can you help me out with this? And and what we want to do is prevent the um, um, more and more uh, unwanted pets from being produced, right? Anything else? So, so Council, um, surprisingly, and I'll say surprisingly because um, Lethbridge City Council has never funded these kinds of projects before uh, to this extent. So um, the, the NOCA spay neuter Program has actually was given increased funding this year because of the demand. Uh, so we're pretty happy about that, the ones that are involved in animal welfare. The, the third thing that the council gave us a uh, task to do is to oversee a, a process whereby uh, for the next, I think it's two years, maybe three, um, that there's, there's a number of those animal rescues that I talked about at the beginning, and there's a, there's a few others as well. Sometimes they need help with, uh, with other issues. They need help with maybe getting food for the animals or blankets or, or building little houses for them when they're out, out, uh, uh, outside. And this program is to say, here's a bit of money, um, we, we want to help out some other way. And, and again, this is for non-veterinary costs. So this isn't for a spay-neuter program, this isn't to get them um, inoculated, this isn't to get them uh, medical attention. It's to help the, the rescue organizations um, to look after the animals in the best possible way. And I just added a, a kind of a disclaimer, this is part of our terms of reference, is that um, obviously there's some rescues that are part of our committee, so when when they're asking for money, they won't be part of that decision-making process, Um, because I know that that question was probably going to come up. What am I doing here? The, The fourth thing that we have to do is we have to give information to council. So our committee can't just move you know merrily along and do the work that we're doing we actually have to go back to council and say this is what we recommend this is the work that we're doing this is the work that that um, you've committed to paying for on behalf of the city of lethbridge so this is what we're doing and and then council can uh, either move ahead with those recommendations or or not so on a semi-annual basis we're going to keep Providing updates for council about the progress of certainly those three projects and any other issues that that come up um, maybe there's a uh, something happens with buffalo or something we need to deal with it too many buffalo in the city of Lethbridge. so this animal welfare committee was going to also receive um, uh, comments from from the community because they 're all community they 're all community based organizations and so if if that committee our committee feels that something else needs to be brought forward then they will do that um, we will do that in our reporting to council the next thing i want I want David to talk about and I think this is pretty important is that um, we recently had some major um, major innovations at the the animal shelter uh, on the north side, and i 'd like David to describe that in the next few minutes um, before we wrap up to kind of tell you what 's going on at the animal shelter and why it was important to do the the work that was done out there
2: thank you, as Rob so eloquently said that uh, it, it, the welfare committee is made up of community members and when it comes to managing animals in in any community whether it's a small community or whether it's a large one like calgary or edmonton the municipality or the the city animal shelter plays one role and they're by no means are they the the only player in the game and and certainly they play some at times a different role than other ones there's in lesbridge we have a host of of rescue agencies such as the Humane Society, uh, Paw Society, a variety of independent dog rescue societies. So it, it's important to realize that, that it is, there's, there's many people in our community that are trying to deal with, with pets, dogs and cats that uh, have lost their way or have no owner's. 2014 was a good year. So, so we received some, some money uh, as a donation to the city of Lasbridge uh, to do some upgrades to the animal shelter. Uh, those donations initially came in at $112,000 and were from a private individual from their estate, and it was earmarked specifically for the Lastbridge Animal Shelter. And it took time to sort that out because we have these other rescues. We want to make sure that the money is coming to the municipality to upgrade the animal shelter. From there, we met with our our engineers, and we brought them out to try and figure out what can we do with this money that we received. And uh, Initially, it looked like we were going to be able to, you know, maybe fix some dog kennels up and fix up one bank of cat kennels. Uh, Generously, uh, our facility engineers took a look at life-cycling of the building, and and the building was 10 years old, and it's heavily used. So it, it certainly showed signs of significant wear. So with that, they said that you allocate your resources towards trying to improve the kenneling at the animal shelter, and we'll look at at the facility structure. So that allowed us to do significant renovations and broaden the scope of what we were really going to do. So with that, uh, we were able to create and improve our our kenneling areas for both dogs and cats. Uh, Essentially what we've done is the entire heating, ventilating, and air conditioning system was upgraded. And that allowed us to create separate rooms like this one where you can vent all of the air out and try and reduce some of the diseases that come into the shelter. We don't know what comes into our shelter. We don't have any way of controlling the animals that come in. And sick animals, disease can spread really quickly. So that was a great benefit to us. It also allowed us to replace all of our cat kennels and upgrade our dog kennels. Uh, With that, we also did some work for the community, where we created a community room or socialization room where people can come and they can sit and play with the animals. Uh, There's a program that, Brenda, you have identified as being sitting and talking to cats where, where kids that are struggling can come and they can take a pet and they can sit and they can read a book to the cat. And it's starting to improve. So the best benefit I can describe for you is, before the renovations, I walked into our animal shelter, and it's an animal shelter. You know, it really was designed in a in a way that that you can manage the population of animals in an as an efficient way as possible while you're reducing disease. When I walked in after the renovations, I felt like I was going into a pet store. You know, and, and that 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 from a perspective of an animal shelter, that's the best thing that you can hope for because there's a better opportunity that somebody's going to take one of those pets home. The total of the renovations ended up being around $650,000. We did receive an additional donation of $40,000 that helped us continue to complete those renovations. Is there any questions about the renovations? The shelter hours were open 9 to 6, you know, and Saturdays were open as well, so please go down and have a look. Right? You can go on our on the City of Lashburn webpage and you can take a look at the renovations as well. Part of the renovation also included trying to Improve our ability to have a presence on social media or the web. And I'm not one of those guys. Like, I'm not a texter, I'm not a Facebooker, I'm not a Twitterer. I don't look at all that sort of stuff. And and it was a a challenge for me to see the value of how that that improved. But there has been a dramatic improvement in our adoptions just based on those social media. And I can give you an example. An example would be back in 2007, uh, we don't have cats that are licensed. I can see the smile coming, but it is not a requirement. We have a voluntary cat licensing program that's been in place forever. So we do have some cats that are licensed. But our redemption uh, of cats by owners was at 2%. 2013 and 2014, we were up at uh, around anywhere between 12 and 17%. And that's a huge increase. Based on the fact that you're just using social media, and that's almost comparative to some communities that have cat licensing in place, mandatory cat licensing in place. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I think I think one of the things that Dave didn't didn't talk about, and he sold it a little bit short, was that not only when you go into the the renovated shelter is it um, looks similar to uh, a, a pet store. Um, but but when you go in there, you, you get a whole different feeling about the way the A different perception. Sorry about the way the animals maybe looked after. A few years ago, we lost our cat, and it was this great story. And I went to the shelter every day, and there was um there's a bad smell in the air, just because there are animals, and there was a lot of them. But it had that weird, and it wasn't like um, just the smell of like cat and dog poop. It had a weird animal smell in there. Leech. Oh, that's that, maybe that's what it was, um, and it, it was it was almost uncomfortable for me. And I know I know they were doing the best that they could to to deal with the issues. So when I was at, uh, fortunate enough to go there for the opening of of the the renovated shelter, it was a revelation that that odor um, that I talked about before wasn't there. Um, they have noise they have noise baffling um, these big things on the on the ceilings and walls so that when you go into the dog area and they're barking, it doesn't deafen you. Um, The, the air in the, in the, in the different areas. When when Dave says they vent all the air in different areas outside, there's not that, that bad odor in, in any of those, those um, rooms instead of having a wire mesh on the dog, Cages. It's a, there's a clear plexiglass, so the dogs can actually see it, and they can't r- injure themselves scratching on the wire. And I think that's an important distinction—the the kind of a mindset change of of how the city wanted to operate the shelter. Um, of, of course, moving forward, there's different things that, that our uh, our committee has talked about what we'd like to see at the shelter, but um, those things will take time. And like I said, this is in the last years, the first time ever. That city of Lethbridge staff, city council, and community organizations have worked together to uh, to work on some issues. So that's that's pretty much um, um, a real coup for us for what we've done. And we also, I think, have to give a lot of credit to um, the people in regulatory services who um, take a lot of abuse for um, things that actually don't exist in our in our sphere of things that they they take blame for for everything that has to do with um, anything to do with animals, that whether it's something that they can deal with or not. Um, so, so David and, and Dwayne and, and Cherry um, uh, do a really good job, and they're really well-trained. And just the other thing I wanted to, to talk about today is that they're really well-trained. They don't just show up every day and go, what are we going to do You know, for cats and dogs today, or what are we going to do for other... They also deal with all the other bylaws in, in Lethbridge other than the, the zoning ones, right? Um, Sherry just returned from uh, a training where she's she's one of the highest trained. Um, animal, what was that?
2: Animal, animal was that? control. Yeah. So, when it, when it comes to animal enforcement, animal care training, there really is only one training eight recognized training agency. It's out of the states, and there's four levels, and there's only 23 people that are certified at that fourth level. We have two of them in our community. Right, so our animal shelter is operated by a contracted service provider, and two of their members are certified up to level well, one certified up to level three, one certified up to level four, and now Sherry's certified up to level four. And they've stopped that level four certification because there just isn't enough uptake, so there won't be anybody any more than the 23 that are certified at that level four now. And Sherry completed that last year. Sherry's our direct employee, and the reason that we've uh, We've tried to create a parity in in understanding, is so that our, that our contractor, when they're telling us they need certain things to run the animal shelter, or they need the ability to have tools to do their job, without being an animal care expert that's educated in the same fashion, that communication can be a little challenging. Right? We may not see it as 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 much of a priority, so that's allowed us to create some equity between the city of Lushbridge and our very well-trained animal control contracted service provider.
1: We talked too long and zapped out. Um, and and just, just before we finish today, just to give you something to uh, think about while you're eating lunch. Right? We eat lunch first, and then questions? Okay. I haven't been here for a while, apparently. Um, the, the cost to the community, the cost of the city for, for doing these projects is really small. Um, the Feral Cat Project, because of our, our community organizations are all pitching in and they have these great ideas to access all these things for, for no cost, that's $7,000 a year for two years. That's all it is. So that we're talking um, we're dealing with a colony right now, it's part of this pilot project that 26, 26 animals. And so in order to monitor and, and, and look at the colony and um, bring um, deal with new animals that come in. Um, it's, it's a really pretty low-cost way for us to look at things. The other thing with that, that whole feral cat project is we're developing a whole bunch of metrics whereby we can measure if that program's successful or not. Um, uh, where I- identification measures, um, monitoring measures, uh, who are the new cats coming in, where are the old ones going, uh, what, what is happening to the cats that are sick, and what that does is it gives us um, a way in the future when, when we need to deal with this issue, we can say to a rescue organization, if you want to do this, this is what you need to do. So we're not just giving people money. We're saying, if you want money to deal with this issue, you have to follow these, these guidelines. And so we're developing some best practices as well. The other thing is we've had buy-in where our pilot project is from the entire neighborhood. So there's some businesses around there. There's some residential. There's some um, single-family residential as well as um, multifamily residential and businesses. And they're all kind of pitching in and saying, wow, this is great. We want to help. Because one, they don't want all those cats around there. there. Really, they don't want to have 25 cats in their neighborhood creating all kinds of havoc. If anyone has ever heard um, uh, cats that have not been fixed and when they've congregated it's whoa you, it's noisy and it's it's actually kind of sends a chill up your spine a little bit cuz it's just it's it's creepy so now the com- the community's dealing with this the um uh, uh, the the, the um, spay program they're dealing with i don't know how many animals they did last year 100 hundreds No literally hundreds um, that costs. That's costing about forty something thousand dollars, and that's mostly veterinary care. Um, those animals, ninety-nine um, percent of them get adopt, adopted out. Um, some of the other ones are too ill, things like that. Um, the third thing is the um, support for the non-veterinary support for um, animal rescues. It's about ten thousand dollars a year for the next I don't know, two or three years. So it's not. Big amounts of money, but I think we're leveraging uh, the community involvement to try to make sure that that this kind of program works. And it's it's just a way that I think for us as, as city council and, and um, the city staff and the community can say, look, this is this is how we're going to do something in a in a fair and humane way. So uh, if you want to think about that, and um, we'll have questions right after lunch. Thank you.